Welcome to Melanated Faith, a podcast about faith and culture. On this podcast, you're going to hear the truth spoken, the tea spilled, and pop culture explored by your co-host, Faith and Catherine. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we are talking about Chapter 8, Writing the wrong, which is all about reparations. I know, I know, you're so excited. Today's favorite topic <laughs> to talk about reparations. Um, we're not gonna get into all of the nuances, but we will talk about some things that are meaningful to us in this discussion. But trust and believe. I know I for sure have some big feelings about reparations, um, and I'm sure Catherine has her feelings too. But I want to start off reading a little bit um, of something that Tasha talked about in the book um, on page 154 in this conversation. I think it's going to get us kicked off well, so let's dive into it. It says, if we are going to move forward in this country, if we are going to make things right, it's time to go beyond simply raising awareness. Yes, awareness is a powerful first step, but as Christ followers, as people call to mend and mediate broken relationships, it's our job to do better. The abuse and and marginalization that permeate our history have created wounds, triggered mistrust, given rise to anger, and prompted whitewashing that has perpetuated more and more abuse. It's time we stop pretending that the past doesn't shape our present and start making reparations for this abuse and marginalization. After all, reparations aren't a modern construct. Repairing what is broken is distinctly a biblical concept, which is why as people of faith, we should be leading the way into redemption, restoration, and reconciliation. Woo! I'm going to stop there. That was a lot. Because that was a lot. That was a mouthful. And it's so good. I know. It's like I was getting tongue twisted half the time reading that. Um, <laughs> and it was just but so much to unpack. But she laid a good unpack. foundation. Yes. Yes. It's so much. What did you think of when you were like reading that? I think that, yeah, that it's so good. I think that reparations is a hard concept. I think this goes back to something we maybe talked about in one of the earlier episodes, um, because Western European culture is to look so individualistic. So the immediate thing is like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. So why do I have to like offer restitution or reparations? And I will say that... So the conversation immediately gets derailed because I think people get defensive and immediately want to go to their own individual actions, you know, and I think Tasha does a really great job um, in the book of highlighting this idea of reparations and restitution is a deeply biblical concept, right? Um, In the Old Testament, we see over in multiple instances where people have caused damage um, and then have to repair, like not just repent and say that they're sorry, but actually have to repair um, the damage that they did. Um, And she highlights the story of Zacchaeus. When he comes to know Jesus, Jesus is like, you got to give, you were a tax collector, you defrauded all these people, you got to give these people their money back and then come follow me. And so you know, I will say that one, I mean, before we get into, you know, specifics about what's owed, who gets what, 
you know, whatever, because I think immediately people go to sort of, and I think that's an important conversation. I'm not dismissing that, but I think people immediately go to that. Like it's impractical. I didn't do anything without first thinking of like, okay, is this biblical concept? Like, does the Bible in situations where someone has been wronged call for restitution and reparation? And I think the evidence says it does. One. Two, I'll say um, a lot of people, you know, we focus on the big reparation conversation. I also think, what does this mean for you individually in your personal rep- relationships, right? So, um, you know, we talked about on the last episode about repentance. Like, when you repent, when you have personally wronged someone when it comes to this conversation about, you know, like race, racism, reconciliation, are you doing reparations there? You know, I've seen so many instances, I'll use social media as an example, where um, people will get very aggressive and borderline harassing people of color about their opinions or thoughts on something publicly, like publicly slandering someone's name as like this person um, is a social justice warrior or a Marxist or whatever the insult du jour is. Um, And then we'll come to some realization that they, you know, maybe made a mistake or like want to um, say they're sorry, but then they don't want to publicly apologize. And so it's like, but you went on social media running your fingers. Um, So the thing, so even in that situation, like what does it look like reparations in that situation? Right. Um, And so, which is why I think it's important to think about restitution and reparations as a biblical concept and not sort of get into this other, not yet get into this other, like the details of it, if that makes sense. Right. So just like 101, reparations, restitution, it's in the Bible. So therefore, we already know that it's needed, it's warranted, it happened in the Bible. There's examples, you know, even in Numbers 5-7, when God gives instructions to Moses and tells the people um, what they must do when they wrong another person. You know, there's examples for us, a pathway to know that this is, it's biblical, and it's right. And this is something that um, we do need to lean into. And um, there's a lot of ways that we could lean into this conversation and a lot of different points of view on, you know, what does reparations look like for um, Black people, you know, in terms of this longstanding history that we have of enslavement in this country and, and um, what does it look like? And I think there's a lot of different opinions about what it looks like. But I also think to your point, there's a lot of other examples um, aside from, you know, monetary examples of how people can be actively practicing reparations and and restitution in their life. And so um, I think this is a concept that more people should be thinking on and also should not passively think of reparations as just monetary in the sense that there's things that you as a person can do in your life as a form of reparations. And you don't have to wait on the government to do something in order for you to start living out reparations in your life. <laughs> yeah. So one of my like favorite stories is one of my, one of my really good white friends was telling me the story of there's a pastor um, in 
And there's an organization called Empower West in Louisville, Kentucky. Shout out to Louisville. Um, It is a partnership between white and black churches. And one of the things one of the white pastors does is like whenever he has a chance, he spends money in the black side of town. So like funerals, like whatever he can do, he puts his money um, into the black community. And he says it like for him, it's a form of reparations, right? Like um, because of Jim Crow and because of slavery and all this sort of history of like racism in this country resources economic resources have been stripped from the black community um, in a way that's systemic in a way that oftentimes was sanctioned by the government so one small thing that he can do on a small scale a personal choice for him is when people die at his church they use a black funeral home and so you know and I, i think that's like you know it's it's so um what i love about that is that it is like a personal you know, if the government never gives reparations for that funeral home to have that business and to be able to sustain that business, um, you know, we don't have we can get into just the wealth gap and wealth disparities between African-Americans, um, Latinos and um, white Americans. It's like black people have six dollars of wealth for every hundred dollars that white people have. And so this idea that like he is helping actively with his his own personal practice of reparations to put money into the black community to do something towards that wealth gap. And so I don't know what it is in your community or neighborhood or what it is for you personally. Um, But yeah, like Faith said, thinking about how you can personally practice reparations and restitution as part of your reconciliation practice, um, I think is really important. And I'm so grateful that Tasha included that um, in the book. Yeah. I think too, like to your point, Like, look around your community, look around the people that you are interacting with, where you're at, see where you can invest your money, see where you can um, truly give back to the Black community and Black businesses um, where people are, you know, doing work and have... um, have their whole livelihoods tied up there and, and not just black people. I mean, there's tons of people of color who have businesses and there's ways where you can invest. There's ways you can give back and where places that you can shop stores, you can shop at. I mean, there's opportunities for simple investment back into the community, just through shopping and shopping at stores owned by people of color, where you can be really intentional about where you're spending your dollars that you're going to spend anyways, you're going to spend it somewhere. So might as well give back um, where you can. So I think we should leave you with that question. Um, What does reparations mean to you? And how can you actively in your own way participate in reparations in your community? What does that look like actively? And how do you plan to do so? And are you already donating to organizations um, led by people of color. And if you aren't, and you are a person that likes to donate and give to organizations, you need to ask yourself why you are not diversifying your donations and your financial portfolio. Look, look through, look through, check Be the bridge, hit that, be the bridge, donate, click donate. Donate. (laughs) (laughs) Be the bridge is a 501c3 nonprofit led by a black woman y'all we haven't even gotten into the statistics about people who actually give seed funding to black women like it's in like the point zero zero somethings i don't know the exact number so let's just say that if you have the funds and you want to donate 
be the bridge. That's the place to put your money. I think we should leave you right on that note. May God lead you. Open up your checkbooks. Donate online. Mail in your check. Whatever you got to do. We love you. Open those checkbooks. (laughs) We love you. And that is all we have for you. (laughs) We will talk to y'all next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation by our friend Latasha Morrison, available now wherever books are sold. Get your copy.